0: Welcome to Integrated Awakenings. It's me, Maria, and today we are talking about oversensitivity, empaths, and how to protect your own freaking energy. Hi, hello. Okay, it's me, Maria. And I really do want to talk about how, okay, say you went through a healing journey, you have an awakening process, you're low-key psychic, high-key psychic. (laughs) You pick up on stuff people don't usually, you know, you know, say out loud and then you just know shit, right? You you sense people's feelings immediately. But the thing is that it also means that you get flooded a lot. You get overwhelmed a lot when you're in cities or in situations or you're in your job and you're like in this big event, like big work event, and you do not know how to protect yourself. You don't know how to turn off your senses you don't know how to dial it down. You know those dimmer lights in the hotel where you can kind of dim a light, right? So these senses of ours, they're kind of like appendages. They're kind of like apparatus. <laughs> they're like limbs on your energetic body. And just like you can kind of reach out your hand, you can also put your hand like in front of your chest. You can kind of Like, you know how people uh, cross their arms when they're trying to protect themselves? This is kind of the same thing. As much as you can reach out your hand and, like, sense something and really attune with someone when you have to, you can also just retract your hand and put it on your body, right? And this is the kind of possibility I'm offering, especially for people who are diagnosed as hypersensitive Uh, folks. So this is like some people are have a medical diagnosis of this. Some people, you know, just identify as it, you know, they're very, (laughs) they're just very sensitive or people who are on a neurodivergent scale and get overwhelmed by certain senses. So this is when you like really hate a certain texture of say food, or like, this kind of pattern on the wall fucking freaks you out and you kind of you kind of have a mild panic attack right so i've i've i have some friends who have some bipolar disorders who get overwhelmed a lot in public transport and that's really valid cuz they're really 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 empathetic and you really need to learn how to lock down your body so that you can go to the freaking train and not spiral you don't you don't it's kind of like this is the primordial lesson that as much as there's a brilliant nurturing nutrition inside of an egg an egg has a shell if you you think about all the you know vulnerable infants in the animal kingdom a lot of them are born with shells with protective layers even you have skin right? So something as vulnerable and as brilliant as your sensing heart, as the spirit of you that knows, why shouldn't it also have a protective mechanism? When your heart closes, it's not always a bad thing. Because I know some people say, oh, the person's jaded or the person has walls. But the thing is, that's also the wisdom of your heart, knowing that it doesn't want to be hurt that way again. You see what I'm saying? So the thing the thing that I'm trying to speak to right now is that a lot of hypersensitive folks have been shamed, right, all of their lives for being too sensitive, being too much. And now that they're celebrating it, uh they kind of lean into this <laughs> aspects of themselves as if it's the whole as if it's their whole identity, right? So for example, I'm speaking as someone who's also really sensitive. So for example, I do a sequence of hatha yoga. And if I don't do the closing sequence, I can feel the reverberations of my whole house. Like, our house is kind (laughs) of... There are other people in this house. I can feel, like, the stones in the backyard. It's it's that intense, okay? I've had uh, spiritual trips where I could really feel the wars in other countries as if it was happening to my own body that was the only time that I could legitimately say that I was having a real panic attack because the my vision was tunneling because I was witnessing like war horrors as if it was happening to me and in the, and, the say, and in and in a way it is because we are everything but at the same time that would physically incapacitate me. I would be sick. I would be unable to be of service. Do you see what I mean? So there's this kind of thing where I think about healthcare workers, I think about people who face really hard and challenging clients, like somebody's just being a bitch <laughs> or somebody's trying to throw a fight, right? If you don't know how to put your guard up, right, if you don't have a solid guard up, you're going to get beaten down by people who want to steal shit from you, who want to take advantage of your sensitivity. And if you've never had like a healthy divine masculine say that something so precious is worth protecting, um, let me be that for you right now and tell you that yes, you should have a defensive posture. Yes, there should be a time where you're not as sensitive when you're not that empathetic, when you can just retrack all of this giving nature of yours and just put it back to yourself. You see what I mean? Or it's kind of like that Bible saying of we don't give pearls to pigs, right? Um, there's that sense of I had a dream just like that the other day. I was I was taking care of like this really beautiful candle and I had to hide it because there were people. I saw people in my physical life who I knew would just kind of eat the candle, so I had to hide it, okay? So what I'm trying to say is that if you're somebody who is naturally empathetic, right, very compassionate, very sensitive, here are some techniques to help you not have a drained energy by the end of your day, okay? So this will work for people who not only have high stress jobs. So okay, I want to emphasize that this works for people who have mundane jobs, but are facing like a lot of people, you know, like clerks, or you have a highly emotional job, like for example, divorced lawyer, right? Okay. So another example would be If you're a spiritual practitioner and you do, actually, even if you're like a mental health wellness practitioner and you're doing a co-resonance thing. uh, So co-resonance is when you kind of really connect with your clients, right? So this is also for those people. So for people who have those high emotional uh, footprint kind of job, okay? So works for what? people with just high physical footprint meaning you're like out and about with a lot of energies like you're in a market yeah or you're in a in a tense lawyer environment or you have like a high emotional sensitivity job right okay yeah like people trauma dump okay so this works for both I just want to say that I feel like a lot of people think that these spiritual practices are only applicable if you're like a spiritual guru or a teacher or something like you're a healer no no if you are a nurse that faces a lot of people's faces yeah and if you are (laughs) you're like you're like watching a big fight happen in front of you for example your family's fighting over who gets certain resources after your grandparents died, right? This is really, really tense, right? And most people, right, freeze up or feel like screaming and going away, right? We have these trauma responses to kind of protect ourselves from what's happening. So what I'm trying to say is that you could have the protective postures before the trauma response just unconsciously adapts to you. You get what I mean? Yeah. So, most people just dissociate, right? So, they're just not there anymore. They kind of like, they kind of freeze out, right? Or they kind of stun themselves into like a freeze posture. Or they flip out and fight, right? So, what I'm trying to say is that if you have defensive mechanisms, things will be better. Now, I spent a total of like 10 minutes trying to just convince you. <laughs> of how important this is and how to think about this especially if you're like oh no but my sensitivity is a gift yo fam that's why we need to protect it (laughs) and that's why another proverb I really like is that your knife is not a tool if you can't let go of it right so imagine a chef who has one of their hands like taped with a knife that's not that's a handicap. That's not a tool, okay? So your sensitivity is an amazing capacity, but if you cannot let go, if you cannot take it off of your freaking hands, right, then it's not really an effective tool, is it? You understand? you see? Do you see that? Okay, all right, let's 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 get to the actual practices. okay. First of all, I need you to be able to have a practice where you kind of feel like yourself. Okay, I know that sometimes that's a tall order for people who are kind of like, oh my god, but well, I don't know, my own energy, or I, I, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Just find any part of your body which feels okay. Even if, even in chronic pain, there is one part of your body that kind of feels okay you focus on that part and just make the feeling bigger or imagine the feeling being bigger and then you just let your body occupy that entire vibe that entire space so for people who have their kind of their own energetic practices maybe they do fat so that's like a tibetan exorcism um or They meditate on their dan tian. That's your, that's your stomach. Anything. So if there's like any practices you have that re-centers you into your own energy, into your own safety. So for people who, I've worked with some people with trauma who have a really hard time imagining or even liking their own energies, that is okay. That's fine. What you do is you think about an energy you feel safe in and you like. So, for example, you feel safe thinking about your pet or thinking about your favorite, I don't know, like your favorite K-pop idol, right? Or you went on vacation and there was this one nature spot where you felt totally unjudged, free, totally yourself, you know, at peace, right? So, if you don't like your own energy, just pick something you actually fucking love and adore, focus on that and that's the energy you're just gonna sit with that's gonna be your safety button that's gonna be your your pull up yeah and the thing is these energies are muscles uh when you meditate on them longer you practice the conscious feeling of being in that energy your bodies so when i say bodies it means your mental emotional physical bodies etheric bodies train themselves, get used to being aligned to that kind of vibratory nature. They get used to feeling safe, right? And I really emphasize muscles because you know how like uh, when you're not used to working out or let's say uh, you're not used to standing up straight. After going at it a few times or like you just make it a habit to like stand a certain way so for example you need it for ballet or you need it because it was you had like an acting coach or something after sometimes it becomes second nature to you to just do it that way right so it's just awkward at the start right to to kind of like flip into tap into slip into an energy where you feel like yourself so uh, i want you to do try it with me right now so uh one two three like tap into that energy, yes, like in the underbelly of your attention. Sit in that while you're listening to me. Doesn't this feel better? It's, it's nice, right? Now, I also one side note, I feel like a lot of people think that meditation is holding your attention only on one thing. Now, There are a lot of traditions that have dual or multiple points of consciousness, meaning you're sitting in that original energy of yours, that energy you like, plus you're listening to me, plus maybe you're working right now, or you're cleaning your room, or you're cooking. That's perfectly fine. Some people say that it's like toxic multitasking, but I will assure you that there are a lot of spiritual disciplines that actually imbibe that, because our attention explodes everywhere. It, we, a part of us emerges, emerges from a single point, right? But we are vast and infin, infinite and continuous. So why couldn't we merge different streams and points of attention? I know that's like a really long sentence, but think of it like a tripod or a stool that has three legs. It having three legs helps the stool stand up. So you listening to me while sitting in your original energy, while doing something else, is your three legs supporting the one action of you being here in the moment. You see what I mean? So it builds on each other. So it's not always bad if you're in a meeting and you're multitasking sitting in your own energy. You see what I mean? I'm trying to encourage you, to think about this multitasking, meditating while doing other shit as something that is totally valid, encouraged, and doable, okay? So you're in the jeep, you're commuting, you're at uh, your grab, you're in line in the bank, okay? You're freaking, someone's taking too long babbling about something. You sitting in your own energy as like this multitasking thing is just you practicing dual points of consciousness, which means you're integrating your spiritual practices with your everyday life, okay? So it's definitely a thing that I want you to be able to do. Okay, yeah? So original energy or a frequency that you like, okay? That's number one. And we, and we multitask it while doing other things, okay? So for example, you're watching Netflix, you're enjoying a show, Just lie back into an energy you like or yourself, okay? So for example, you have spirit guides or you have a power place, right? So for example, Grand Canyon. I'm lying back on the Grand Canyon while watching Netflix, okay? So it's very much, some people say that they don't like invoking their guides for very mundane stuff, such as, say, watching Netflix, because it feels like binabastos, like you're being disrespectful to the sacred virtue energy of that spiritual being by inviting them with something so crass as Netflix, right? But the thing is that you're... (laughs) I'm sorry. You're the one with that kind of judgment that Netflix is crass. You see what I mean? Because your angels and your guides, uh, master energies, your higher selves, wants to help you with literally everything and anything. So the domesticity of your guides, the Let's say the domesticity of Christ that you should, you know, personally ask Him for help for everything is literally what I'm trying to really encourage people to do in integrated awakenings because it means that you're actually integrating your faith, your sense of spirit into your everyday actions. There is nothing that is separate anymore from your worship, from your devotion, from your love. That yes, even taking a bath, that yes, even relaxing watching TV, that yes, even standing in line becomes a spiritual activity. Even Ram Das talks about how everything just becomes worship at one point. You see what I mean? So when I, what I'm trying to say is that please don't think that invoking your power place or your ancestors in the grocery is a bad idea. <laughs> It's not it's not heretical to do that. Yeah. If anything maybe your ancestors wants to help you connect with the food with the uh vegetables that you're thinking of buying for your family. Why why wouldn't they want to accompany you? Why wouldn't they want to guide you? Why wouldn't they want to protect you? Yeah? Okay. So I really do want to speak to that so that you don't <laughs> people don't come to me with that excuse, okay? Like, yes, your guides want to help you with how you eat. Yes, they want to help you with, like, your weird, like, health difficulties. Of course, yes, the answer is always yes. So please just ask for more help more often, yeah? And it's not always coming from, like, a whining thing, but more of, like, a willingness thing of, yes, I want to be helped, or I believe things can change, or I believe I'm worthy of more divine love and support because me being healthy, relaxed, and inspired inspires more people. So why shouldn't I be supported in this way? I I should just let go of any times when I feel like I shouldn't be supported in this way. You see what I'm saying? You see, you see, with the vibe that I'm going with. Okay, so the next thing. Okay. You see, what I'm doing here is I'm trying to do, de- <laughs> trying to let delete slash let go of the usual thought forms that stop you from including spiritual life force energy, uh infinities to be included in your everyday life. And when those thoughts just let go, you just end up more energized the whole day. That's that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Plus, here I here I go. <laughs> 20 minutes in, I'm going to give you uh, the more, quote-unquote, protective measures. Okay, so here's the thing. I want you to think of a kingdom. And you see those, and you know, those in fairy tales, they have moats. There's this little river, right? So, river around a kingdom. Yeah. And even the, the those, those... <laughs> Those little doors that they drop so that you can come in. They're they're kind of hard to like let down and go up. It's it's kind of hard to penetrate that fortress. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm so what I'm telling people is that just like a Gundam. Okay. In case I'm I'm throwing out too many new words here, a Gundam is kind of like that big robot. That kind of changes its form. So sometimes it looks like a, yeah, I think Optimus Prime, sometimes he's like a truck. Sometimes he's like a big person, right? So they kind of change forms. They're changing. Yeah. So think of your energy as like that. So you have a fortress version with a lot of walls, with moats. Moats have crocodiles, you know? And then there's like a gate that's like really hard to go into. Like, you see what I mean? There's a fortress you version. And then there's like a domestic open you version. There's a soft sponge you version. You see what I mean? So the thing is... When you go into situations where you know that people aren't... How do I say this? The energy is not stellar. (laughs) The energy is not wonderful. Imagine the moats immediately. See what I'm saying? Also, imagine that the energies can't come in, like say, two arms length in front of you. like, Like two meters. Yeah. So for example, you're in a desk job and you have these very annoying clients. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes people just have annoying clients. Imagine that their energy only reaches like a meter in front of you or 2 meters in front of you. So you can visually understand them. You could cognitively understand them, but energetically they don't get into your space. They they fall into the moat of your protection see what i'm saying yeah so there's that space of almost like a permission gate pass kind of thing of you're really not allowed into my space and it's not even it's not even because i hate you it's just okay here's the thing guys intimacy <laughs> this is coming from a rising sign scorpio intimacy is a privilege. Yeah. Also, intimacy is co-consensual, right? This is why I don't like the psychics who read off of people's minds without the consent of the other person, because that's really intimate. And both people should, you know, (laughs) should have some cognizant awareness of what's happening, right? So if you little sensitive empath person does not put that, you know, if you drag everybody into a tight intimacy and they didn't want that right that's kind of being <laughs> I, that's kind of like the R word you know what I mean and, and it's kind of it's kind of manipulative right it's kind of what people don't like cancer energy for uh, sorry that's the astrological science so what I'm trying to say is that you can't we can't prioritize. Intimacy as always like the gold standard, as always the best thing to happen, right? So sometimes when you have a client and you just don't like them enough to be intimate within your space or you're like, oh, I respect the divinity within you, but I also see that we don't really align with what we're doing right now, you can just stay there. If anything, it actually helps the other person as well because they're like, ah, I see, I'm not supposed to mess with you. See what I'm saying? You see what I'm trying to say? It's almost like keeping things professional. Yeah? Yeah? So this is also for those empaths who feel, in Tagalog, the term is, ginagawa na lang problema ang problema ng iba. Yeah, na Meaning uh social Meaning, you kind of dabble in things that's not really yours, Right? So that's kind of like the problem of a lot of empaths who kind of soak up a lot of energies. So um, say you live in a province or you, yeah, like you're a nature witch, you're one with the forest a lot. And then you go to the city and then you hate it because it's so noisy. But the thing is that the city has its proclivities. It has its intimacies. Um, What's happening in that house is not necessarily as public as, say, a tree. Right? If you're in a forest, all the trees are somehow very public and intimate with you. Right? But when you're in the city, people live these private and intimate lives and they don't necessarily jive with you. You see what I'm saying? So, what I'm trying to say is that once we acknowledge that the reason why people feel so flooded. Okay, this, this, might, this might seem like a super big concept, but, you know, be patient with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna land the idea. Just, just let me explain it. The thing is, okay, you know how with less ingredients or less notes, it's actually easier to harmonize things? Yeah. So if you have less ingredients, um the flavors don't get too complicated. The proportions are kind of simple enough. It's it's not hard to fuck up. It it just it's just easier to learn. Yeah. Same thing with notes. If you have only, for example, 3 notes or 4 notes, uh you could you could experiment with like the hitting pattern or like the uh the attack, right? But it's kind of easier to harmonize because there's less stuff to think about. That's kind of what happens with people. Yeah? We are all points of conscious creation. And the thing is that in smaller environments, in more, I say, domestic environments where you get to really know people, the harmonics is a little easier. This is kind of like the logic of tribes. Right? You know how they say that uh, less than 100 relationships, people can kind of cognitively still keep up? Yeah? Okay. Now, think of cities. Think of countries. Think of the world and think of corporations. That's a lot of harmonics. That's a lot of harmonics. You kind of need to be like insane (laughs) slash really truly enlightened to be able to harmonize With such huge creative consciousness capacities. There's just... That's like a whole nother person. That's like a whole nother world. That's like a whole nother energy. Right? Now, now, the thing is... The reason why I keep going back to the forest metaphor... Is because plants naturally have this harmonic energy with each other as a living ecosystem. Because it's just part of their consciousness level. Okay, I'm just saying that it's like, um, it's part of their design. You see what I mean? But people are designed to be individuals and then in community. Yeah, that's why we even have the whole idea of individuating and then wanting to belong. See what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is that when we're kind of stressed out, say with a city or like with your cl- with your company or your clients i really do want you to um, uh, just try to acknowledge how fucking insane what you're trying to do is you're trying to harmonize with these different soul points of consciousness isn't that kind of crazy that's like a whole lot of people especially if you work in a very like public domain Like, say you're, like, an artista, like you're, like, low-key celebrity or, like, a public figure. That's, like, a lot of consciousness points. Being invested in you, projecting on you, uh, praying for you, wishing wishing you're ill, right? So, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I want us to really admit how hard it is what we're trying to do, Okay? Yeah, and I feel like some people kind of lie to themselves in a sense that, oh, I wish we were in like some tribal utopia or we were like cats where we're in this forever harmonics kind of thing. And, you know, like big hippie indie energy of like, you know, um, uh, what do you call that festival in the... Oh, man, I can't believe I forgot the name. Uh, Yeah, just just imagine that, that I... Damn. Please supply the, the festival name in your head for me. I'm pretty sure it's not the Fire Festival. It's the other one. It's the one... They, uh, damn it. Okay, I let go of the idea of remembering the name. <laughs> so anyway, my point is that if we admit how hard it is to harmonize in that many levels, I feel like we'll kind of go easier on ourselves when we kind of just don't like energies Or we have a hard time harmonizing with a lot of energies and we kind of just admit to ourselves up to what point can i harmonize with this energy this is kind of what um i also want to address why some people think that shamans don't live in the city (laughs) there's somehow like this bias that you have to live in nature or something to be initiated that's kind of weird because the thing is a lot of yogis I know, I know, I know they spend their, they become hermits or they live in the forest, you know, they they become this like like this legendary (laughs) mystical creature somewhere. But the thing is, the best ones, the best ones, like the, the first ones that Shiva taught went into cities. They went into civilization and taught people how to light lamps, bless homes, make food. Yeah, so I really don't want people to think that somehow like there's like an equivalence that less people means I'm more holy. That's not, that's not true. It's simply not true. It's so stupid. <laughs> so anyway, so I I do want I I do want folks to um I do want folks to be able to tap into the serenity of their own energy, the brilliance, relaxed, supportive energy of who they are, right? So you feel like you're, okay, I'ma okay, I'm stop being theoretical right now and I'ma be really practical with you. So here's what's what you can do. You can enchant your chair, your work desk, your... I have these three... Uh, Clear quartz crystals that I call my work crystals. So they make a portal to my work energies. Because I have a lot of spells with regards to work, right? So for example, you have a work mode, right? You can always just haul it around with you. And then you just activate it. And work you is different from intimacy you. is different from domestic you. is different from play so hard i get so drunk you you see what i mean it's like a mode right and work you could have or public facing you could have a little bit more walls could be a little bit more polished uh if you have okay i (laughs) sometimes i just explain some of my spells here because sometimes i get surprised that people don't do them so i'll just share um the thing is a long time ago, uh, probably a few years back or maybe a year back, I've already surrendered my tongue or my word to God, to the divine. So basically, it means that please use my tongue for the highest good and highest and best for all. Um, so literally, like, stop me from saying, shit, that's not the best for everybody. That's one. And two, I let go of, like, needing to control how I want to say things. What do I mean by this? So for example, in a tarot card reading, um, I might have like a personal opinion with how things should be done. And yet when I channel the grace, <laughs> well, I channel the grace of the divine or, or, or God, uh, my tone changes. My, the way I structure the session changes because I'm just following what wants to happen or what serves the other person better and it's really humbling for me because sometimes I don't it's like some it's like sometimes I'd find myself talking to people and I'd be like I don't talk like this usually and yet because I'm in a session with somebody I suddenly talk like this for you see what I'm saying so sometimes I'd be talking to a person and I'd be like I don't know why I'm speaking so much Tagalog. Like, I'm not usually... I don't usually have sessions that have this deep of a Tagalog. But somehow, I knew in spirit, or spirit is using me, and knowing that, no, Maria, you need to use these words. You need to use these sounds. See what I'm saying? So the thing is that when your workspace, you already made a devoted practice of, okay, uh, let's say you're a lawyer okay, I'm here to speak to this uh to connect with my clients' hearts to serve as truth and I put aside my own wants desires, and ego um and I really just allow like love and justice to happen through me let's say that's your spell let's say so when I say spell they're kind of like intentions they're like really really solid intentions, and you let go you let go like you and- I usually say satnam which is i am truth um because it is true right so that statement is truth as as i am lawyering that is always true you see so maybe your uh your office space has those crystals that kind of set that energy for that room and so what happens is that as you're negotiating or as you're pitching as you're uncovering some things the truth wants to crawl out love and truth wants to be realized in that room because you've already offered your voice your work your labor that room as a channel for that intention you see what i'm going with (laughs) You, you see you see how powerful that is it's really amazing and the thing is it kind of feels like a um It feels like a train track, and you just turn it on. And what's great about it is that you feel that it's bigger and older than you. So me me even just talking about the uh, let truth, love, justice prevail, I could feel the energy of justice herself wanting to be known through you, through that room, through your practice. You see? So the thing is, when... I invoke a project. So for example, I'm writing or I'm looking for a partner for a certain project. I really just release it and I allow the work to flow through me. Okay, this is becoming a manifestation episode. What what, what, what I'm trying to say is that when the intentions are very clear, yeah, when the intentions are very clear, that intention's integrity, potency, force, raw force, will keep you rooted. It will keep you aligned, and people cannot fuck with you, right? People cannot enter how they come... They can, how do I say this? They cannot mess with your... They, they cannot mess with your energy because you're protected by something so large and powerful. See what I'm trying to say? Like if you're standing or you're being there for something larger than yourself, ah, uh, no ill can befall you. See what I'm trying to say? So remember the branding episode I had, it's the one before this one, and it talks about how if you know what your values are, it doesn't matter what product you have. You could always imbue it with your values. Okay? So, I kind of want to say the same thing with your soul's gifts. It doesn't matter what you're doing. As long as you're invoking that you want to offer the, the full volume, full sanctity of your gifts. I don't care if you're just like cleaning like glass windows or making social media posts for some brand abroad, right? You can transmit your full soul's expression through it. There is no there is no action too small for that kind of grace. Yeah? And the thing is, so for example, You're somebody who's very nurturing, who believes in people. Uh, Let's say your soul's virtues, like the ones that really gives it a strong powwow, like even across timelines, that's like one of your strongest suits is justice. Um, Like every time somebody does something pissy or something rude, or um, there's an injustice done to a marginalized people, you, your blood gets boiling and you get super inspired and you get super leadery, y <laughs> Like, there's like leadership vibes and you get so pumped to do something about it, right? So when you were seated in that space of, I believe that love is justice, that justice can exist in the smallest things, such as I want to just... So for example, you're like a chef, <sighs> Right. I want to give you just the right amount of food that won't make you ill. That's one. And then two, you know, that's worth your money. I want to give you just the right thing. Right. I I want I want to do you good. I, I want to give so for example you're like low income food service guy, right? I want to give this to you with dignity. Right? Yo, this is kind of like What's that Park Seo Jun K-drama? Um, this is E-Taiwan class. I'm literally describing E-Taiwan class. <laughs> but anyway, he, he had pride about food, right? The main character was like, I want to do this with dignity, own a business with dignity. And it's like low-key revenge with my very, very corrupt ex-boss, right? So his values... Was justice, and it didn't matter to him that he did menial stuff like um, (sighs) bussing dishes, you know, counting cashier slips, he didn't care because what he was for was for justice, what was right, and that's why a lot of business bro guys love that K drama because it has that dignity of it doesn't matter what form. It takes my my virtues, my values, my soul's gifts can still be expressed. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So if there's something that you really love, like there's like this this, there's this noun or verb that you're like in an ideal world where I can get to do anything that I want. Right. I would be doing blank because of blank. Because of this virtue like uh, like I, I believe in protecting kids or I, I, I love nourishing innocence, right? Um, no matter, I don't care if you're selling milk tea, I don't care if you are making engineering plans, you could still imbue the workplace, your workstation. Right, and your intentions with your soul's gift of wanting to protect innocence, the youth. Or your life is also beyond your job and you could still live out your virtues in so many ways. See what I'm trying to say? So um, the reason why I emphasize your soul's gifts because it's one of the most infinite things about you, like it's an infinite wellspring font. And if you tap that, in a protective space, in a defensive space, um, you would uh, <laughs> you would be in, untouchable in a way because um, and I say that in a it's a paradoxical that you are vulnerable and that you can be touched because you're talking about something important, but you're also untouchable in the sense that nobody can tell you who you are. It's very Bruce Lee, yeah. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that. I know that the start of this episode sounded like I was going to give you techniques of okay invoke archangel michael imagine mirrors around you imagine more motes. um imagine spikes around you when you get like a robber <laughs> and yeah those kind of work <laughs> those kind of work I'm I'm, I'm going to be fair with you but I also think that uh knowing knowing why Knowing why you're in a space, invoking the higher virtues or the higher gifts that you have to be imbued in a space and to really drop judgments of that your your full force can be in a space is what's actually going to protect you, right? You, if you know why you're there, you're going to be less tired. You're, you're going to be less scared of why people are going to judge you. So for example, you're in a very tense work environment. And you're like, I'm only here because I really need the money because I love my mother and I want to be able to take care of her. I'm here because I love my mother. Right? So if you were in the blanket of that dedication, of this devotion, right? Nobody could... No one can make you feel small. Because you know that even in a toxic environment, that you're doing this for your mom, right? So this is what I'm trying to... Um, I also want to note that this is what people mean that trauma happens to people when they don't have meaning for a hard experience in their lives, right? So somebody can go through through Auschwitz through torture... And different people can have different interpretations of what's going on. And studies have said that people who incur trauma are usually the ones that don't have a sense of meaning or purpose of what's happening or cannot, um, yeah, like they haven't gone through the transfiguratory process of situating what happened for what, what's it for. Right, we're we're kind of like these meaning-making machines, right? So I know that some people have really tense work environments, but in the glory of knowing what it's for, right? Even then, it becomes sanctified. Yeah, and I know some people kind of hate that because it means that people can go through more shit. <laughs> You know, they're like, oh, this is why slaves still exist, Maria. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right, good. Because they keep still finding spirits that, you know, who are in... Indo- How do I say this? You can be in the same shitty situation. And for one indomitable spirit, they remain unconquerable. And for another spirit, it's like they're they feel totally trapped, like a slave. Right? Now, the question is... It wasn't the situation, but it was the person. It was the person's creativity, infinite creativity, that allowed them, that freed them in that situation. And, you know, I'm still pro helping people be free from really hard situations. Don't get me wrong, please don't misinterpret me. But the thing is, what I'm trying to say is that. Even our concepts of what is hard or what is impossible—like this is an impossible person to talk to, or this is—it's impossible for me to do this, this, and that. Like raise, raise this kid as a single mom, right? Or uh, hold three jobs for my dream uh, trip or something, right? Th- that sense of impossibility is very self-made. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is that I know that a lot of people, when you have a lot of uh, when you have a lot of disadvantages, right? So, for example, you're POC, you're queer, uh, you're, you have childhood trauma, right? I know that this could be really, 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 really hard to listen to. Right. Because if your life is just full of disadvantages, what do you mean I can create a sense of freedom within myself or a sense of strength, a sense of sovereignty within myself? I don't you don't want to. You know, why would I believe that? Right. I understand. (laughs) I I, I get it. I I get it that that kind of sucks. But the thing is that you kind of deserve that dignity. Yeah, you you and and I know that it hasn't been modeled for everybody to have a sense of like a sense of self-respect that you no know, no I can create the situation to mean something else. I can I can sanctify my boring ass fucking job as a devotion to my god, right? Or as a devotion to whatever I fucking worship right to my lover to my child to to my favorite fucking culture right you you the the your capacity to recreate something to be to be for something else is just uh so potent that a poverty of imagination is really what stops you from living a life that feels sacred that feels energized, that feels spirited, yeah? I am rounding up (laughs) to an hour now, so let's see if there's anything else that I want to talk about. I feel like I keep trying to circle back to practical ways of invoking this shield, and I feel like I've mentioned the moat, right? Okay, so so for some other people, maybe they want a coat, right? Armor, like a suit. Like, think Sailor Moon. You know how she has a different outfit? Think of some people have masks. Some people have roles. So, um, this really works a lot for rappers, right? They have like an alter ego name. So, even your work name. Trans people do this a lot. Like, they give each other names for stuff, right? So, for example... Um, the lawyer person I was describing, like, uh, their hall could literally be called Seat of Justice. And, you know, maybe they're like Veritas. That's their, you know, that's their stage name. That's their stage name for the court or for the office. And these, these, these patterns of culture, you know, you see this in dance, you see, um... You see this in a lot of ritual, too, right? So what I'm trying to say is that you could literally do that. Yeah, so you don't like your in-law who's coming to the in-law party or the to the Thanksgiving party is not you, you, it's Cotton Candy version you. It's called co- it's Candy Cotton Candy Pop is entering the room. She's a character, you see? And it's not really a lie, but more of like a very, very loud intention. That you went to that party wanting to imbue softness and play. You see, it's an act of creativity, rather just an act of... I know it's an act of protection, but I also want to emphasize how it's also an act of radical creativity. Yeah, it's a- an act of imagining what you could be, yeah, now, I do want to say that for folks who hmm for folks who have a difficulty, like okay, for folks who usually get strained on a physical level, like um, their job has like just a lot of elements in it, like it's so fucking hot. Or everyone's just really tense around you, right? Um, I would encourage that whatever intention invocation you have. So, other than making it physical, like actually having crystal grids or actually having like um, totems or like specific objects, like have like have a work altar, guys. <laughs> Like, like, come on. Oh. <laughs> I didn't raise witches to be not using all of their tools. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is that um, you can also, for people who already have their, you know, they already have their onyx, their citrine is still not working, I would recommend that you have more physical embodiment practices and visualization invocation practices, right? So for example... Sorry, you're listening to a shaman, so I'm going to recommend some shamanic shit. So, for example, I invoke Sister Bear to help me um, have a protective skin to protect my cubs, right? So maybe you're working in an environment where you kind of need to defend your project. And th- these, these, these projects are your cubs or, like, your teammates are your cubs. And you feel like a mother, right? You feel like an angry mother, Um you know and you're like you know you're you're fighting about salmon or something really invoke the energy of sister bear and allow her to kind of possess you protect you so so people think that possessions are always kind of like you didn't want it and then somebody like invaded your space but you know how like um you somebody danced with you and you like them they, they were in your space, bro. <laughs> they were in your space, but you wanted it. So it, does, it doesn't feel invasive. And it actually feels co-creative with the other person. It feels great, basically. So the thing is that when you invoke Sister Bear and you're like, Sister Bear, please help me um, protect my own energy. Please help my body feel strong and rooted and, you know, protect. My, my my harvest protect my my family, my crew, um allow her to breathe through you, right? You know a lot of athletes do this. <laughs> well that right? They invoke tigers, they invoke uh bears, right? This is why like sports teams always have these animal totems. You know, even Ateneo has the eagle, right? So anyway I w what, what I'm going with where where I'm going with this is that if you're having a hard time embodying something, animal uh spirits are really helpful cuz they're very physical, right? And they help you be in the body, and the thing is your body needs to get used to invoking an energy that feels one defensive to itself. Yeah. <laughs> I know that okay, I know that I have a few followers that aren't so close with animal deities or animal spirits uh i would also invoke bodyguards yeah so uh there are so archangel Azrael is really good for this uh black hole angels if people do so from blueprint are also good at this uh even plant spirits like black pepper is good at this if you're really resonant with crystals and you don't have an onyx with you just connect with onyx like i have an onyx shield see what i mean um and the thing is that some people are usually scared of their you know how people have guard dogs and they look scary to people who don't know the guard dog but the people who own the guard dog they're like the cutest freaking thing <laughs> so that's kind of like the same thing so people usually have Um, guard energies in their systems, but if you don't befriend it, they look really scary, right? They look, if they're very repressed, um, if they're not guided well, some people's uh, suicidal tendencies, um, killing energies become self-directed, self-mutilative, because they don't ally this killer aspect of them. Note, I have a killing episode, killer archetype episode, so do check check that out for a more in-depth explanation of this but basically whatever part of you feels like a weapon feels like a knife feels like can't punch a guy feels like you know is really buff or is really like is the history of defense in your freaking soul right it's inside of you right and you could just bow and be friends with this part of you and be like hey Hey, okay, I want to be protected now. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry for all the times when I did something dangerous or I didn't listen to you or I I I I pointed you to myself. Right? So so usually if this is an so in internal family systems, um If this protector archetype is ostracized, this is really something you call back, right? So ostracized meaning it's like it was banished from your lands, okay? So if this part of you that is a fighter, is a protector, was very much banished, um, there's really a reconciliation uh, ritual, right, practice that you have to do you just be very sincere about all the times that you felt unprotected, uh, felt like you didn't listen to this part of you that was more defensive, uh, wanted that had genuine anger even maybe, because it wanted to protect you with certain things. You, you really acknowledge those things and you just call it back. A lot of people who have repressed Divine Masculine, parts um have ostracized this because they feel like it's the toxic part of the patriarchy because it could actually hit a guy right but the thing is that you kind of need to respect the part of you that could fight yeah yeah because there's a part of you that needs to know when things are too much yeah it's not that you want to pick a fight it's just that you can see what i'm saying so um You ask this part to come home to you, right? And they become your bodyguard. And you trust them enough to tell you when something's going wrong. I know that... I'm always going to put an asterisk on these things because I know that people with a lot of trauma would have a very, 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 very fucked up survival system. So everything's on high alert. Everything is a source of danger. Everything is a source of anxiety. Um, and this protector mechanism is not uh, healthy, right? It's not allied properly. And the thing is, I feel like... Um, please be a good judge of whether this kind of practice is okay for you. Like, talking to this protector aspect. So for a lot of people, um, if you have daddy issues... I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> If you have daddy issues, you like DILFs. You like, you like people who could... Um, I don't know if the cat's being picked up on the audio. But anyway, if you, if you like these pr- can-protect-you energies, y- it, this could be a good tell that you might have to work on that. Yeah. So please, if you feel like this is really strong for you, please talk to your therapist or book me so that we could like really work out that protector archetype for people. I do want to uh, just bookend that for people with a lot of trauma, uh, the survivor, the protector archetype is really like, went through a lot, like like they went through a lot of guttural shit. So it becomes a longer labor for you to one, ally safety, and then two, ally the protector. Yeah. So for people who are following me and are in the helping profession, Uh, Please do understand that in more spiritual slash indigenous cultures, that these energies are kind of seen as living spirits. Like, it's a protector, okay? Um, In some cases, it's worshipped, yeah, and blessed and gifted and evoked, right? You know how, like, people who want to have lovers kind of... Um, Put pictures of divine couples, like gods who are coupled, birds that are coupled in their altars. And then pray that, pray to that, evoke that, invoke that. That's kind of like the same idea when people worship uh, war deities, right? Or just have like that sports athlete or this warrior archetype that, you know, like little boys love. They're learning how to be strong for something, you see what i mean or like physically strong okay now the thing is that um that's kind of worked out yeah that's kind of worked out and i know that people with a lot of history with violence cannot um kind of jerk with the idea of being you know like oh i'll learn boxing and hit someone right it- it's kind of it kind of um it- it's kind of nerve-wracking for them so I I do wanna just illustrate that for people who um you who have never been defended, who have never had a virtuous warrior protect them, who's never had like a real kingdom, real protection, real like a real sovereign individual look out for them. That's something that's relearned by their system via gifts, via modeling, via um, devotion yeah and the thing is that in the same way that a really emotionally a very emotionally mature parent is a big privilege i would also say that a very emotionally mature a healed Masculine, a healed protector archetype is also a privilege, and in many ways, it's kind of one of the things that I really want to gift people in this podcast episode. Because if you feel like nobody has sat you down and said what you did was dangerous, or I do not want you sick, or what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I do not want you hurt. Right? You've never had like a masculine love. Right, that archetypal um, protector love, yeah. And again, this is not gendered. It's you know, women can also do this. This is more of like a frequency, yeah. It's like a little bit of a dick energy. You see what I'm saying? You know, milfs can totally have dicks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, what I'm trying to say is that um, when you feel like you're oversensitive, again, you're too open. Invoke a little bit of protector energy. Invoke again, kingdom, invoke all the protectors that you've ever met, whether it's animal, spiritual, people, ancestors, kind of thing. Do any kind of embodied practices, symbolic practices that help you feel that. So maybe you do a bit of like, you know, you growl like a bear, or you have physical totems that you know invoke a kind of intention and protection for your space now again the space is intended with your spiritual gifts with your soul's gifts so that you could always express yourself from a place of love peace truth you know and coming from that infinite place you will never be tired and people cannot fuck with you (laughs) Yeah, there's a clarity and in some way this role, the specificity of your role coming into a hard environment, whether it's like in-laws, a uh, very tense meeting in your job, uh, will help you be very specific and invoke what higher forces could help you channel that energy. It's, it's, it's co-creative to do, to state a role rather than... Uh, feel like you're using the role as a defense mechanism. Okay? Yeah. So wow. I think this is the first time I did like a little summary thing <laughs> by the end of the podcast. But this is really me going, you know, teacher mode being like, guys, did you get it? Did you get it? These are all the things that you can do. Uh to invoke a more protective archetype for you and your energy, especially if you're really sensitive. Please forward this to your friends who might be going through something similar. Uh, Please bring this. Feel free to share the practices, uh, explore the practices, make it your own, and really inculcate within us and each other in our communities how it is to, you know, respect our own energies and come together in a way that's very respectful of what (laughs) like what level of connection we're ready or that we could digest in a day right in a meeting and yeah so that's it i'm i think we're good right again emphasizing if you need more help please book a session with me or lead into folks who can help you process slash um help you with learning this especially if you're you're learning this in a very very intense way like, like protector archetypes like really finicky for you please 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 please, please lean into help so that could be a book that could be people a program so anyway that's it and ciao